Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga real point of cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you shouldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Kill yourself. Die. Today. Death to you, bitch. Die. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jay Camoris. Uh I don't even know when I did the show last. I've been hearing it's been a long time. I don't even know. I lose track of time with this uh, podcast thing. Anyway, uh, it's fucking Sunday. Uh, it's the 18th of August, 2019. Uh, you know, I've had a lot going on. Um, last, last week and a half was pretty fucking rough. Had a lot of shorthanded shit going on at work. Beyond that... At home, I had, uh, anybody who knows me knows I have many animals, um, cats, dog, pigeons, ducks, chickens, fish. I mean, I, I cover a lot of ground. So out in my, uh, my pen, you know, I have my chickens, my ducks, my pigeons. And, um, I have six pigeons. Well, now five. Uh, I... One day at work, I get a message from my daughter saying, um, you know, one of my pigeons is down on the ground. And uh, so she's not doing well. And she's laying there uh, pretty lifeless, uh, still alive, but pretty lifeless. So I said, okay, stick her in the carrier. When I get home, I'll check her out. 
I get home, she's like not doing good. She's, um, I pick her up. I tried to like, you know, um, like put a little water on my finger to see if she'd like take any off my finger, you know, whatever. And like some like yellow stuff dripped out of her mouth. And I said, Oh shit, here, you know, this is not good. So I set her up in the, the carrier overnight with some food and water, hoping that, you know, having some time alone because, you know, in the, in the pen in there, like when the pigeons go down on the ground, um, the chickens will like rush them, you know, so they don't have a lot of time like down on the ground. They have many like high places, like the beams up in my pen in there, like it's all enclosed. So the beams up top, top, the chickens can't get anywhere near. And there's a bunch of boxes and stuff and they, they coexist very well. But when they're down on the ground, you know, the, the chickens will like, you know, kind of protect their area whatever. Um, so I don't know if something happened with him and, you know, was, was down on the ground for whatever reason, the chickens made it worse and, you know, kind of finished them off kind of deal, um, or what. Uh, so I figured maybe overnight, you know, in the carrier, he'd perk back up, he'd get a little food, water, everything. If not in the morning, I'd take him to the vet where I work, uh, while he was, he was gone in the morning. Um, and, uh, so that sucked, you know, losing a pigeon. And then, um, so I've had him for, I think about three years, something like that. Um, a couple. And then, uh, so then the next day, now like a whole day later, I get a message that Kahlua, one of my chickens is down on the ground. Now this is one of my chickens that I got from the egg farmer, um, about a year ago. Why, you know, first started getting chickens a year ago. I got, um, I forget if it was Craigslist or where it was, but I found where somebody was getting out of the egg business as it were. And, uh, he was getting rid of his chickens and selling them. I think there were $15 each. And then the ones that were a little bit more special to him, which wasn't special to him. There was all an egg business. Uh, they were either six months old or a year. Uh, he called the one type. So these are all just Browns and the Browns were $15. And then the Americanas, which he was way off on the breeds on these chickens, which is, not shocking because um, he, he wasn't really in it for that. Uh, but the, the, the Browns, you know, they were 15 bucks. So I got a couple of those and I ended up going back like a week later and getting even more. Uh, so I rescued a bunch from there. And one of the ones that I got was Kahlua and she was the worst looking of the crew. She was real scrappy looking right from the start. And uh, she had even a, an underbite beak. So, uh, she had just like a real weird looking mouth, you know, or she was able to eat real well and stuff. And she was real scroungy looking, um, within a few months, you know, she really started to look great. I mean, she, she looked great for a long time, uh, really up until like the week before she passed. I mean, I didn't see any decline at all. Um, and suddenly she was down on the ground, not, not getting up or anything like that. So same thing. I got the message while I was at work. Cause you know, I work six days a week and eight hour days. So. It's not, you know, often that I'm home during the day other than my Sunday off. So um, I, I told her the same thing, you know, set her up in a big carrier. When I get home, I'll check her out. Checked her out when I got home. Yeah, she's she's not doing good. She's, you know, her eyes are pretty much closed. Uh, she's Her head's, like, moving back and forth like neurologic. Um, she's she's not getting up. She's in bad shape. So, um Next morning, same, same plan, you know, next morning I bring her to work to the vet. 
vet doesn't really know what's going on with her. They said, well, in case it's a parasite, we'll give her this. In case it's an infection, we'll give her this. But I don't really know. Hey, good luck type of thing. So um, I bring her home. I, I start looking on my backyard chicken page, which is, you know, a couple hundred thousand people on there that know their shit about chickens, where I learned a lot about, you know, the whole chicken stuff uh, since I started doing it. And uh, they, they're like, you know, go get this uh, Nutri-Drench stuff, which is very good uh, nutritionally, as well as an appetite stimulant and all this other stuff. Go get the powdered electrolytes, mix that all in the water. You know, once an hour, go out there with the uh, syringe and then kind of force feed her that. So I do that. And within a couple hours of doing that once an hour, it seemed like I might be making progress. You know, she she started to open her eyes a little bit more. And that's that's my only sign of progress because she wasn't getting up. She wasn't doing anything outside of the ordinary. Maybe the neurologic um, aspect of it went down a little bit. It wasn't quite the same as it was. Um, so Saturday evening, we started that, did it all day Sunday. And then, uh, it was like midday Monday, I got the message like, yeah, she passed. So, so I lost her and then, uh, you know, just, just a bunch of just crazy shit like that. And at the same time, um, at work, I don't even remember what day it is because so many of these days are like blending together. I have this crew of white cats who I think I've told the story on the show before, but they came from a hoarding uh, facility, I mean, uh, a home that uh, had 38 cats in it. Uh, We got 19 in our facility and uh, been working very, very hard to get this whole crew um, acclimated and socialized, and some are better than others. Nuka was one of the crew who was, uh, and he still is one of the crew at the moment, um, was one of the most adjusted. I mean, he adjusted pretty quick, became, you know, right in with the crew. He's out in my roaming area. Everything's good. I go out there towards the end of the day and, um, I'm giving him treats and he's like one of my treat guys. Like he's fucking following me around, you know, he's, he's, he's munching down the treats. No problem. Like, I mean, he's, he's trying to get more than everybody else, you know? So, uh, he greets me at the door. I give him a couple. I, I make the rounds, giving everybody, you know, some treats out there. And like, he's still following me around like, okay, okay. So now that everybody's had their treats, I go back to him and I, you know, put my hand down and he, he goes up on my leg, you know, like front paws up on my leg, like standing up and he goes to open his mouth for the treat. And I just see his gums are bright yellow. Uh, and like, that's immediately like terrible, terrible signs of a liver problem. Usually it's caused by fatty liver, which is usually caused by them stopping eating. And um, when they stop eating, the organs start shutting down. They get the fatty liver. So um, the procedure for that most of the time is to get them back eating through force feeding, uh, fluids, Denosil, which is like a, it's a liver supplement that will help flush the toxins out of the liver. Uh, so sometimes it will take months of doing that. And I've, I've recovered countless cats from that. Uh, save them from the brink of death but startling when you see a cat who is readily eating have gums that are this yellow and immediately terrifying because it's clearly not something you know we've dealt with along the lines of the fatty liver before so now this is one of my most you know adjusted guys out of that crew and I know something is terribly wrong with him so we do blood work find out he's got liver cancer so 
my time is limited with him. Um, you know, he's surrounded by his loved ones, though, because there's so many other cats that are from that house that are out in those, that roaming area. And, I mean, they cuddle together. It's the cutest thing ever because they, you know, they all huddle into one big crew. And they, they lay, like, on top of each other. They're they're really, really sweet cats. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just such a shame. You know, I, I really strive for 100% success with these guys. And out of 19 cats, that's not an easy task, especially when half of them came in lunging at me. And um been doing very good progressing them, you know, the right way and, and gaining uh, their their trust and letting them ease up and settle in and, and really, uh, you know, become adoptable cats. I've been doing very, very well with that. But this is, you know, one of those fucking curveballs you get hit with that you can never see coming. And um, it's just the hand you're going to get dealt. You know, the more cats you deal with or dogs, whatever the case is, you, you're going to deal with a lot more... Um, you know, bad things and disease and this and that, because, you know, the odds go up, you know, if, if one in ever, every so many cats or dogs or whatever you deal with winds up with this type of cancer or whatever, and then you deal with hundreds of cats, well, your, your chances of dealing with that go way up. So it's, uh, you know, to be expected in the field, but it, it really comes out of left field as far as the, uh, you know, that, who it picks, you know, it doesn't, I don't want to say picks like I, you know, think some kind of other things are at hand, but uh, you know, it just whatever that uh, wheel lands on, so to speak. It's it's uh it's tough. It's, it's definitely one of the huge negatives of what I do and uh, the things you have to deal with. So I'm gonna give him the best life I can for what he has left. I don't think it's it may not even be months. Right now he's eating great. Uh, I'm special feeding him wet food every day. You know, giving him extra nutrients and all that. He's on some medications to help him feel better throughout this until he, uh, you know, until he, there's no quality of life or a, a lessened quality of life, and then we'll have to do the responsible thing. Um, but yeah, he's getting his catnip. He's getting his, you know, all, all the uh, love I can give him, and uh, you know, that's what I'm dealing with. So another one of my negative things over this past, you know, week and a half. Um, so I decided to, as far as the chicken side of things, is turn a little positive side. And um, I, I wanted cochins. Cochin is a type of chicken. They look like they have fucking fluffy pants on. And uh, I saw those at the, the county fair because I'm pretty new to this chicken ownership thing. So now, like, I'm, I'm seeing chickens out and be like, shit, I'd love to have one of those. Look at that. <laughs> you know, and I don't want to push my number higher than it is. Uh, when I had Kahlua, my number was a 12 and I was happy with that. And uh, I have a big 16 by 20 foot pen in my backyard i don't have a farm it's a surprising size of pen for <laughs> living in a, a regular type backyard i have but this, this is the type of extremes i do um so anyway um i i looked up you know where can i get coachings because you know once she passed i was like all right well i'm, I'm gonna get something that i wanted now and, you know, to kind of fill that void, so to speak, or, or give some kind of positive spin on, you know, the negatives that are hitting me up. So I looked it up and I found uh, Chrissy's Cochins, which is in uh, Bridgeton, New Jersey, which is apparently like fucking very far. <laughs> it's like over two hours away. And uh, so I hit her up. She had three and uh, went out there. And of course, I couldn't go over two hours and just get one bird. So I got two. And they're babies. They're about four months old. Beautiful. And um, so I brought them home. So there's my positive uh, update on my chicken world. So they're out there now. They're doing great. 
um, introducing them to all the treats and snacks as well as their regular diet. They're getting grapes and all of that other cool stuff that I like to give them. And, you know, so far they're doing excellent. Um, other what's going on with me news. I know I'm not talking nearly enough shit yet, guys, but don't worry, I'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yesterday I did the um, bone frog races out in Long Island. This was in Calverton, which is, I guess, like almost towards the end of Long Island. So it was like a little over two hours to get there and like three and a half hours to get home because traffic sucks. New York is a fucking terrible state. They should just be wiped off the fucking map. Um I hate everything about it. Um, there's a lot of good things like that'll draw you there, but once you're there, you regret being there. That that's New York in a nutshell, as far as I'm concerned. Um, let me see. Um, so anyway, I uh, I came. So the Bone Frog Trident is uh, like a three race accomplishment i guess you'd call it that consists of doing the tier one which i did uh you know i think two months ago i think it was june and then uh you have to do the challenge and the sprint basically the challenge and the sprint combined if you do them back to back in one race that it's called the tier one and then if you do them separately they're separate races so at 9:30, i did the challenge and in the challenge i came in uh uh, 17th overall out of 149 people, fifth in my age group. And then um, in the sprint, which I did at noon, uh, I came in 14th overall out of 273 people and first in my age group. So I, I couldn't be happier placing first in my fucking age group, um, especially, you know, that being my second race of the day. You know, the smaller one, but either way, like tons of obstacles. The first fucking, uh, during the challenge, my biceps felt like they were going to tear. I don't know what the fuck it was. Um, I trained on Monday and I did train arms, but I, I don't know what the fuck, man, because I pretty much rested all week. Tuesday, I went out there to go to get those chickens and then I just kind of fucking laid around all week, you know, which I, I generally do the week before race. I, I'll usually train Monday, Tuesday, and then just chill the rest of the week and then comes you know, Saturday, I have everything's fresh and ready. And uh, I don't know what the fuck it was, but like halfway through that challenge, my biceps legitimately felt like they were going to tear both of them. Like the tendons and the, the crease in there by the elbow were just, just on fire. Like I, I was having a hard time, like fully extending and shit. And there was so much climbing and so much, you know, monkey bars and all of that stuff. And I nailed every obstacle. I didn't fail any obstacle in this entire two races. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, like, I am tearing something today because I still have a lot of racing to go. And uh, I got through the first one. Arms were just on fire. And then for whatever reason, you know, within that next hour, because I only had about an hour to rest, uh, brought the, the twins over, did the um, the kids race. You know, they did their thing over there on the kids course. And then I uh, went into the sprint. By the time I got into the sprint, I don't want to say my arms felt great, but I didn't feel in danger anymore, you know. Uh, you know, tore some blisters off on my, my left palm. So by the end of the, the race, I had to kind of, like, alter the way that I did uh, the monkey bars. Instead of trying, like, a swinging method, I had to, like, one-by-one them. Um, but I got through it, you know, crushed it first in my age group. So I couldn't be happier. 
And this Trident medal, I posted it online, is one of the dopest fucking things I've ever gotten. Because it's like this, this big-ass medal that hangs the other three medals off of it that you get from the other races. So it's it's pretty fucking dope. Um, I, I like that thing a lot. So, um, yeah, so that that's pretty much that. All right, uh, now wrestling. Uh, with, you know, this is why I tell you guys, like, I barely watch wrestling. There's there's so little that I give a fuck about within it. Uh, I guess, you know, my years of following it has kept me um, watching it and following it to a certain extent. But man, oh man, uh, so much of it makes me very glad that I'm not deeply immersed in, in the um, fandom of it and, and things like that. All right, so what do we want to get into first? Um shit um let me see well i just finished watching uh the icw extreme eight or insane eight i think it's insane eight something like that um i I just finished watching that i don't know the fucking name of it so that should tell you something about my uh the amount of attention i pay to it so anyway uh or invite one it um well fuck you j cat fucking that'll that'll show you um, so anyway, uh, it was, it was kind of crazy because half of these guys in this tournament, the majority of the guys in this tournament are flying out to Japan tomorrow and they're in their deathmatch tournament the day prior, which seems like the worst possible decision. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, Marcus Crane looked banged up. I don't know if he was selling. He doesn't do a ton of that. So it's hopefully like a new thing he's trying out before Japan and he's not legitimately hurt. But uh, he he's headed out uh, to Japan, hopefully tomorrow. Um, he, he looked fucking banged up after his shit with uh, Tremont. But, uh, so the Necro Butcher was on fucking um, commentary with some other guy. And, you know, that, that in itself is fucking strange. Um, because, I mean, he, he's a wife-beating um, MAGA guy. And, um... Yeah, I mean, so to, so to hear this guy's, like, just overall views on things is worthless to me as well as slightly comedic. Um, so at some point, here's here's the highlight of the commentary for the night. The other commentary guy said something because they were eyeing up this overweight girl with her tits hanging out. Uh, I said overweight, like I'm above calling people fat. <laughs> um, this fat chick with her tits hanging out. And she was on the, the hard cam for a good portion of the fucking show. And I was doing, like, I guess some form of ring crew, like, handing people light tubes and shit like this. And uh, they they were, like, really creeping out on her, like, most of the fucking show on commentary about what they'd want to do to her and this and that. And Necro's saying silly shit, like, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is to, for, to ask for permission. Just a bunch of real, like, uh, can be used in court kind of shit. Um so then, uh, at some point, the one guy said something about eating pussy, and Necro quickly responds with, eating pussy is for girls, and then the guy goes, oh, you don't eat pussy? And he goes, well, no, sir. Well, maybe every once in a while, if I came too fast, and I just, there's so much wrong with that. <laughs> there's so fucking much wrong with that. Uh, I mean, uh. I guess his stance is just like, you know, punch him, don't please him. That's like his his overall views on things. Uh, it's pretty wild. Um, 
So that that was the the thing. The, the finals ended up being Oren Vite versus uh, Matt Tremont. Um, you know, crazy fucking match. Uh, the tournament was pretty nutty overall. Short little tournament, you know, because it was eight eight guys. Uh, nothing non-tournament. I I don't think they did any non-tournament matches. I I only half pay attention to this shit when I watch it, but uh, no non-tournament matches. Uh, they took like a intermission in between the semis and the final, which was weird because they just broke from like Orin Vite winning the the semi match against Gage to or invite up against Cody Rice. And it was like, wait, did he just turn around and come back out? And I'm like, oh, no, that, that guy's not in a tournament. So I guess that's not what they did. No, here's this. I guess that was from last year's tournament. I don't think I watched last year's tournament. So um, there was that. Okay. So so that's that show. Um, now, so earlier, um, Matt Tremont's wife posted something. And I got I to gotta cover this, man. And, you know, I, I don't dislike... Matt Tremont nor his wife. I, I gotta feel at this point Matt Tremont hates my guts because he's he's very um he plays the role of a very positive guy, which it's a little too positive for me to believe. Um I think there's a lot of carny bullshit to it. But, you know, either way, he plays the role of a very nice guy who doesn't have anything negative to say about anybody, and I d I don't think I have that same fucking persona going. Um not that I'm doing as a role either. I'm just kind of like calling it like I see it. I don't really, you know, hold things back for people's uh, feelings or whatever the case is. Because, I mean, come on. Let's just be realistic about a lot of things in, in life. Like, fuck the wrestling thing. Like, this is this is where I come to a big problem with my fandom as a, as a wrestling fan. And this is why, like, I, I've separated myself. And it sounds comedic and this and that, but I just don't consider myself a wrestling fan anymore. Um, I, I'd rather not. It's just, it's not, it's not for me on, on that level. I, I don't want to be classified that way. So, um, having said all of that, his wife posted this. I really don't think people in general understand the crap deathmatch wrestling wives, girlfriends go through. Like, for example, my birthday is next month, and I agreed for Matt to go to Horror Slam and GCW, one in Michigan the day before my birthday, and one in Chicago the day of my actual birthday. So I'll be spending my birthday alone or possibly recovering from surgery if everything works out. This stuff happens all the time. We are left alone for days weeks or months at a time. So please, if you see any of us at the merch table or walking around, please be nice and maybe say thank you. Because even though we aren't in the ring, doesn't mean we aren't hurting as much. All right. You know, this is, like I said, let's just fucking get a little realistic. Because what the fuck did you expect? Matt, Matt Tremont, as many of these wrestlers, has made a hobby his fucking, uh, a dead-end hobby his fucking career. He's a deathmatch wrestler. What life did you expect to lead? This isn't a tragedy. You're not a victim. You're not carrying the fucking cross. This is fucking crazy. This is fucking crazy. You've tied yourself to this shit, and now we're really going to walk through life like you're, you're, you're fucking... You're, People should be thanking you. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. 
I, you know, it, just overall, like, I, I don't understand the, the mentality of a person who goes through these type of things. Like, you got to understand, like, five, I think it was five years ago or so, they opened a wrestling memorabilia collectible store. Like, who, who the fuck thinks that that's going to be, like, a, a, a valuable venture? Like, that, that's going to be a fruitful venture. They're going to come out of that well off. They're going to do good. They're going to, like, what? what is that? Well, the, that's just like, I always wanted to do this, so I'm doing it now. That was what Tremont said. I always wanted to have a collectible store. Okay, so now I'm doing it. Well, it was like, I don't know, five years later, or whatever the case was, and then they boxed it up and said, okay, uh, taking a lot of losses here, just, uh, you know, and, and he had her man in the store, um, you know, every day. That, the staff was her. So obviously there wasn't another job going on. There wasn't another anything going on. I've seen a lot of hardships out of the Tremonts, you know, uh, having a hard time living here or being there or whatever the case is. And now they own um, H2O, you know, but like, you know, what exactly what what did we expect the, the outcome to be? After wrestling all weekend in deathmatch wrestling, rolling around with hepatitis carriers in broken glass, Matt Tremont enjoys some fine wine, but not just any wine. He sits from wine dated back into the 1800s worth $35 million. (laughs) I mean, is that what we were expecting? After being fed by wrestling fans at H2O, Sullivan has the Jergens and Cheeto dust washed from his fur by his personal groomer with soaps imported from Sweden to the tune of $24,000. Miss Tremont likes bright blue eye makeup, but not just any bright blue eye makeup. It's a blue that can only be found in the wings of endangered Asian hummingbirds to the tune of $2 million. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I really would love to know the, the fantasy situation that could have been in the thought. Like, oh, my God, my wrestler husband is traveling all the time. I mean, that's best case scenario, I think. This this is a guy who dove into the deathmatch wrestling thing. He looks like he's in his 50s. This dude's in his 30s. I think. Maybe 30. Something like that. Let me look it up. I always forget, but I know it's like so young. Um, <laughs> it's it's just fucking crazy. That dream on age. Why didn't it come up right away? Usually comes up right away. Oh, okay. So they're saying he's age uh, thirty. He's thirty years old. He is like 300 pounds. He's he's being announced as 300 pounds now. He's um morbidly obese. He looks over 20 years older than he actually is. He's running a shindy company that that has some, you know, it it kind of does the same thing on point did. On point had like the two or three matches at the end of the show that made you go, oh shit, they're doing something here. And then if you tune in and you you actually attend, there you go. The whole first part of the card is just absolute garbage. It's like local, whatever the fuck cheap shit you could pull together. And there may be a couple things on the tail end of it. 
you know. And then, then you see like the type of students and shit that they're pumping out of there. They're, they're fucking nobody looks like a wrestler. A bunch of fucking kids who look like they shouldn't even be near athletic anything. And, and they're just being in there. Oh, you're a wrestler because you want to be. So it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, so that's 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 that. And I just like again, not not the shit on them just because hey, whatever the fuck. But like, what do you expect? And to really like put out there like, oh, you should be thanking us because we're hurting too. Like, uh, come on, guys, you fucking signed up for this. This isn't some shit that like you're you're putting in work and you're this for some big payoff. There's no fucking payoff here. This has never been something that's gonna be. Um, uh, what what's the end game? What's the end game? That H2O becomes fucking huge, because it's not booked to be huge. It's in a building that holds under 200 fucking people, maybe 200. It's not fucking built to be huge. What is the end game in Matt Tremont's life? What kind of GoFundMe can we prepare for at this point, knowing that we're already crying fucking, you know, victim at this point? And it's not Matt saying this and stuff, but still, this is just like the weird shit that, that I don't understand about the mentality of fucking wrestlers and wrestling fans that support them, because this is just this weird entitlement this very strange misconception of reality. And then it's just a group of people to go, no, no, they do this for us. They do this. They do this for us, man. Okay. Well, if you're doing it for me, how about don't. All right. Because just like when, when the, the GoFundMe's would pop up and I would see Bryant Woods posting GoFundMe's because he fucking blew his knee out. Now he can't go to his shoot job and shit. Cause he did it wrestling and he did it for you. And that, do me a favor. If you're gonna if you're gonna hit me up for your medical coverage, if you're gonna hit me up for your your way to pay the rent, that do me a favor and just don't do what you're doing. Do whatever you need to do to be handling your own fucking life. Don't do any kind of recreational things that might have you fucking hitting me up going, dude man, can you help me out? Like just keep your own shit under fucking control. You know what I mean? I I mean I I felt the same way like yeah, I smoked cigarettes for 14 years. I mean, I I stopped well over 10 years ago, but um, I would make sure, man, I had like a pack and a half of cigarettes when I went to fucking work. There wasn't a chance I was asking someone for a cigarette unless my belongings fell into like a, a fucking body of water. Th- there was no fucking way. I controlled my own shit. I took care of my own shit. And then you, you encountered people all day that were like, dude, you got a cigarette, dude, you got a And it'd be the same fucking people all the time. Some people just live life expecting to need to ask somebody else for some shit. I, I don't like fucking putting people out like that. I, I don't like being the one to fucking be asked about shit. Like, I, I don't want I don't want people bumming for me, but I'm also a guy who's not looking to bum from anyone. You know what I mean? So I, I have a different standard on how things are. And that's how I'm raising my kids, too. I don't want my kids running around asking people for shit, you know? I, I want them working for what's theirs. I want them taking care of themselves. I want them to, you know, go forward and not, not be fucking relying on other people for every little thing or expecting someone else to bail them out when they fucking completely bail on responsibilities and just, just fucking sign off on like, nah, I'm going to pretend like nothing wrong can happen and just live recklessly. And then go, Oh wow. Like, I don't understand. Why don't I have money? Like, come on, man. At some point, this fucking pro wrestling experiment needs to stop for a lot of fucking people. Um, 
you know, I was talking to somebody earlier, and uh, you know, they use Greg Excellent as an example, and I that's an excellent, no pun intended, but excellent example. This is a guy who who went and got a fucking real estate career. And and is out there selling houses. He lost over a hundred fucking pounds. He's out there a respectable fucking family man. This is a guy you could look at and you could look up to. You could look at him accomplishing things and go, look, that's the fucking guy. That's the guy who's got his shit together. Yeah, he wrestled this and that. He he did some little blood stuff here and there. He's he's wrestled here. He's wrestled there. But when it came down to it, when he needed to provide for his fucking family, he scaled back and he got a fucking job like a normal human. You can't go into your 30s, 40s, 50s and go and like, yeah, but I wrestled for you guys, so help me out. Like, cut cut the shit then. If that's your fucking game plan is to fucking put your responsibility on the fans, fans who should hopefully go get themselves real jobs and provide something for themselves, for themselves, for their families, not for the people who decided to opt out of actual real life and, and use a hobby as their fucking long-time game plan long-term game plan that that, that's fucking stupid so that's just my uh you know view on that whole fucking thing um on kid osborne's page um (laughs) he um he posted something and he was outing a guy who i don't know what it was about i really don't give a shit and um the guy was yelling fag and faggotry and "Ah, yo stop fagging it this and that whatever like dude Sure, I, I don't have a problem with you outing that guy, you know, saying, hey, you know, this guy's being fucking reckless, you know, he's on Facebook yelling faggot all the time, like, whatever, I mean, clearly expose him, whatever, be like, hey, look at this fucking guy, whatever. Um, Then some other guy who I also forget his name, and I, because I, I want to stop shouting fucking people out on this show, unless I really have to, but like, you know, the people I don't fucking like, because like, you know, then of course, uh, Scotty Satire gets involved, and, like, I, I blocked this fucking, this idiot, but, like, you know, someone starts going, well, who are you arguing with? I can't see it, and then the guy's like, oh, someone, Cat is his middle name, and then he's fucking chiming in, and, yeah, it's like, dude, I, so anyway, my, my issue with this guy, and the only reason I chimed in at all, is because this fucking clown goes to the guy's page and sees, like, his about info, and sees where the guy works and makes a comment like, let's see if such and such industries likes him using fag on the internet. So this guy's game plan is to fucking because he didn't like a word he saw on the internet to call the fucking job of the guy who said the word he didn't like in order to make it a thing where his job fires him. Now, let's take it from this distance for starters. What if this guy is a very fucking hateful person? What if this guy is a very evil, very fucking racist, very bigoted, hateful fucking person? And you fucking cost him his job. You single-handedly cost him his job. You think this dude isn't going to take the last fucking $30 he's got, fill his tank, and go drive it through a fucking pride parade or some shit? Like, I I don't think kicking a bee's nest of fucking hatred is a good fucking plan to, to end it. What, what do you think that the end game is if you remove everything that someone has just because you don't like what they're doing? You don't like what they're saying, so I, they should be canceled. So your game plan is to leave motherfuckers with a lot of hatred in their heart with nothing? Great. 
so then what? They just learn their lesson and they, they're upstanding citizens, or they snap and, and fucking legitimately hurt somebody. You know, it, it, it's such an asshole fucking road to take where everybody's trying to cancel everybody. Like, like look, I, you know, I've told people a lot of fucking times, like, th- this is a hobby to me. I, I, I talk a lot of shit on here. A lot of people like it and this and that. And, and it's just, just my views and opinions on things. I've worked 18 years in my fucking job. It's my heart. It's my passion. I put it above everything on the fucking planet. My, my cats are, it's my calling. I've saved animals' lives. I've stepped in and saved animals' lives when nobody else believed in that cat. When everybody thought that that cat was unadoptable, completely unmanageable, untamable. And I, and I did everything I could to get that, that cat to trust me, to bond with me. The former relationship with this cat so he can or she can go forward and find a home. And I've placed countless of those same cats that were counted out backs were turned on by so many fucking people countless ones of those cats i put in fucking homes and got emails back of how this is this person's best friend and thank you so much for adopting me my best friend and this cat is is everything to me and that this this is the type of thing that my life consists of now if someone hears some shit on this show and and gets me fired from something that I'm legitimately passionate about. This is what fucking makes me. Because they don't like the words I'm saying. I mean I'm going to fucking. To think that it's safe in your world. After you fuck with somebody's world. That deep and close to them. Would be fucking insane. Because I'll go to the ends of the fucking world. For my cats. For, for what I do. For what my passion is. Fuck my views and feelings on this wrestling thing and this and that and whatever fucking words I say. What I fucking do and what I put into what my job is, is what the fuck I'm on this planet for. And if someone takes that away from me and thinks they're going to walk through their life unaffected, they're so delusional, it's crazy. That That's the least safe thing you could ever do in your fucking life, because I would have all fucking day every day. I've worked six days a week for the past 18 fucking years. If I suddenly had seven days a week to think about the one motherfucker that took it all away from me, I mean, you better leave the fucking planet. And that's just me. That's, that's, that's me, a fucking adult with three children that I love very much, but would have no fucking choice but to be fucking gone, insane, on another fucking level. So this is what I mean, like, and I, and although, like, I may talk irrationally and this and that and say a bunch of things that, you know, are, are uncommon for people to just say it's 2019, bro, but, but I'm still a very rational person, a very kind-hearted person towards my animals, towards my family, towards things that I love. Think about someone who's that bigoted and that far off, that doesn't get reality, that doesn't get compassion that doesn't get any of those things and you're going to try to remove things from those people's lives it's not a good move it's not a move in the right direction block people who you don't like fucking reading the words from and move the fuck on with your life and the less people they have to talk to the better but don't go out of your fucking way to take things away from these people and then allow them to fucking walk around their circle Maybe it doesn't even immediately affect you. Maybe they go home and they fucking kill their wife that night because their fucking job is gone because of you. 
fucking think about the repercussions of when you fuck with people's personal space over bullshit you read online. I don't back what the fuck this guy is saying. He's running around being a fucking idiot online. It, 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 honestly, sounds like he's being a faggot. He, he's, he's out there yelling faggot and faggotry and faggot, faggot, faggot all over the fucking internet at everyone who offends him. Well, then that guy's being a faggot. It, to me, it's nothing about sexuality. Like I, I, I don't have a problem with the word because I don't use it in a, in a way where um, you know a gay person would be hurt or affected. I mean, affected as far as like, oh, you said something that affects me. Nah, shut up, shut the fuck up. I'm not. You know, what I mean, I, it, it's not in my life's plan to hurt or hold back anyone of any different um, sexual orientation or race or color or creed or anything like that. That that's not something that's ever been me. But as far as a word, you know, let's stop. 2019 doesn't change a fucking thing. Intent has everything to do with it. Um, actual, you know, what is your, your actual fucking purpose? What is your actual cause? If you're in the middle of some fucking hateful shit, that's a different story. We could judge those things as is. But when it comes to, like, Eddie Murphy can't say it in a fucking stand-up special, well, then that, that's fucking crazy. Now we're, we're off the fucking deep end. And we have been. This whole 2019 shit is garbage. So anyway, speaking of garbage, TJ and Friends. Uh, TJ and Friends is um, the internet fucking YouTube whatever phenomenon guy. Uh, he was – is – uh, GCW, he covers GCW, he covers a lot of things, big GCW guy, he does a lot of backstage, mini documentaries, all of that type of shit, um, I'm, I am not one of TJ and Friends' friends, uh, I briefly had him on Facebook, which is the reason why I'm going into this right now, just because, um, some of the shit that these people do within these wrestling societies, and, uh, I don't even know how to label it, I guess crowds, and they all just like pat each other on the back and justify all this garbage. But so what this dude was doing was he was just like exploiting his fucking children. He, he continually exploits his fucking children in a way that I think is disgusting. So the the last video I saw that, that led to me deleting him and, and saying the things I'm saying now, and I don't know like how much of it is staged or how much of it is real, but whether staged or not, you're putting out the perception and the image of this. So the last video I saw that, that he put out, I, I speak of is he walks into his son's room saying this, I forget what his quote was, something about it, you know, he's reached a new level or he his his artwork or whatever talking about his son. And I guess his son is, a, you know, uh, still in a diaper stage or whatever. And he goes in there with his fucking camera and pans around the room where there is what is supposed to be or may legitimately be shit pasted all over the fucking walls, furniture, floor, blankets, fucking everything. The kid is in his bed fucking naked and, you know, he's turned sideways in a way where you can't see any, like, child nudity, thank God, but as close to as it can be, which makes me think it's a, it's a work because, you know, I mean, you're going in and, and filming your naked child, I, I guess, hoping he doesn't turn over. I, I mean, was there a take one, take two where you, oh, no, don't turn like that because daddy will get in trouble, you know. It's just fucking weird. It's weird to even put this shit out there like that, no pun intended with the shit, but it's fucking gross. And, and then... 
there was another video I saw like months back. It didn't really push the line as much, but it just made me go like, why are you pointing out being a shitty parent to the world? Like, so he walked in and like, there was fucking water everywhere. And he's like, yeah, he flooded the, the, the living room again or something. And he had like the sink on full blast and was fucking like, the, the sink was just pouring water onto the floor everywhere. And like the water is still fault. Like he didn't turn the faucet off to, to film the video. So it's just like allowing chaos to happen within your child's upbringing so you can be viral on YouTube or some shit. It's just gross. It's fucking disgusting. How about be a fucking great parent? May not sell as well online, but it, that'd be a noble fucking thing to do. This is the same guy that like a year, a couple of years ago, he burnt his fucking house down and someone had to, to rescue him and his children from the upper floor and killed multiple fucking cats that were his pets in his house because of a fire in his house. Now, what caused that fire? I don't know, but I've seen tons of videos of you being completely negligent. Maybe it's a complete freak accident, and it wasn't something you could have prevented, but maybe it was, because all the things I've seen following that has been like, oh, here's me dropping the ball again. Oh, fucking kids. But dude, why would you put this online? Why is this your fucking MO in life? To, to be like, look at what a piece of shit parent I am, guys. Like and subscribe. Fuck you. Fuck you and all these other little dirtbag GCW fucking indie jerk-off fans who are running around and fucking supporting this bullshit. I'm not one of TJ's friends. I'm not one of your fucking friends. None of you GCW fucking deathmatch fans. Little dirty motherfuckers who support this kind of behavior and the fucking, uh, you know, drug reference fucking deathmatch shows. Go fuck yourself. I, I don't have any fucking love for any of this type of shit. Uh, let's see. Next jerk off, uh, situation. Um, oh, what the fuck is that asshole's name? Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver comes down, uh, the CZW show. And, uh, first he fucking, like, puts his middle finger, like, into this fucking guy. I guess the guy's name is, like, CM Punk Kid. That's obviously not his name. But, uh, what people know him by is CM Punk Kid. I don't know. I've never seen this kid or known this kid or whatever, but, um, I don't know. He, he, like, shoves him in the forehead with his middle finger, like, doing, like, heel shit, right? And then he spits in his fucking face and goes into the fucking ring. Now, Jordan Oliver is a clown. He's an absolute, an emaciated looking fucking clown. Yeah. I had, I had poked fun at him quite a bit, you know, with them coming out with the prison outfit, looking like, uh, looking like a victim in any fucking prison. There's no way he looks like a guy who's successful in prison. Not to say that prison is successful in any way, shape or form, but, um, he does not look like a guy who would have any good time in prison or, uh, you know, he, he he would not be the victor in a prison fight. He would not be the um the top <laughs> in a prison relationship. Uh, you know. So this this is the guy running around like I'm a fucking tough guy. I fucking spit in a guy's face, and it's like, dude, I th- this is the type of shit. Yeah, you know I mean, you go to a show as a wrestling fan. This is another one of these reasons why I, as a 41 year old guy who am in very good athletic shape. If I went to a fucking wrestling show and, it, you know, the wrestlers take this stance, don't you put your hands on a wrestler who will fucking stomp you out and fucking leave you for dead. Like, it, you know, I go to a fucking wrestling show in the shape I'm in and this little fucking 
this little clown fucking spits in my face, I'm going to break his fucking face. Like, there's there's no question about it that this dude would be in big fucking trouble if it was just me and him. There's no fucking way. So these are the things that you might have to tolerate as being a wrestling fan going to a wrestling show. And this is this is the type of thing that comes out of the training of a, of a guy like DJ Hyde. Now, years ago, I you know, I had interviewed many a times over the past couple of years and handful of years. I've been doing this fucking nine years now. It's ridiculous. But so I, I don't even remember like when each interview was or anything like that. But I had Joker on. And uh, the one show he completely buried when he first left the business, uh, he completely came on and buried DJ for everything. Masada came on, completely buried DJ for everything. One of the two things that these guys were not on at the same time, but their stories lined up completely, that they they had hand at one point, they were doing a thing at the CZW Dojo Academy, whatever you call it, where they were going in and running classes, the two of them. And they were running classes, and they would have to untrain the wrong shit the DJ trained a lot of guys. And after a while, they stopped doing it because they were tired of trying to correct all the things the DJ was doing wrong and teaching these students. Now, I, I just want you to envision the fantasy situation, the um, fantasy booking, I guess you'd call it. Imagine how different the CZW students would look right now. Imagine how different the Dojo Wars shows would look right now if all of these students came up through the training of solely being trained by Masada and Joker. Do you think they would be a fucking young, dumb, and broke? I'd probably say no. Um... I I have a feeling there'd be a whole different look to the CCW roster at this point. If the head trainers in their fucking school was somebody like Joker and Masada, just another place where DJ dropped the ball and just decided, I got this. I'll take care of it. I, I got this. I don't need, I don't need uh you know, I don't need Joker and Masada to, to train. I don't need Smart Mark to cover my fucking video stuff. I could just buy cameras and do it myself. I don't need high spots to do eye pay-per-views. Oh, we just don't need eye pay-per-views. We don't need this. We don't need that. DJ's got it. Well, as you can see, um, this is what he's got. He's got dickhead, disrespectful fucking fans, uh, um, wrestlers that came up through DJ. were backyarders a couple years ago. And now they're just fucking dickhead kids who've already gotten way too much fucking credit and exposure in the business for being just green and unsafe and just just disrespectful across the board. So, you know, I mean, this is what you get. This past weekend, I think it was. uh, Not this weekend, I think it was the weekend before. Because, again, like, this is the shit I'm covering from, like, the, the previous week. But they had WXW versus CZW. Let me let me fucking tell you that right off the fucking bat, that's a failure. I don't give a fuck what you did with that show. Nobody wants to see WXW in the fucking states at all. I don't know if you legitimately flew all these guys in. I, I have no idea. 
But when it came down to WXW years ago, because there was a thing where CCW was doing crossovers with, uh, they did crossovers with PWG. They did crossovers with IWS. They did crossovers with IWA. They did crossovers with, uh, with this, with that, a little bit of Japan stuff, this and that. Um, WXW, the one and only tie-in with that, that fans gave a fuck about, was Thumbtack Jack. If you want to expand on that and say some fans gave a fuck about Walter, that's fine. You want to say, okay, well, the fans gave a fuck about uh, Zack Sabre Jr. when he was around there, that's fine. Outside of that, there was nothing. No one gave a fuck about it. You could try to build up just bad bones or this or that. Yeah, the guys were all right, but, like, I need to see this guy flown in from fucking Germany or wherever the fuck. No, no one gave a fuck. And, and 2019, no one gives a fuck, especially when you take those names that I just mentioned off the fucking board. They don't exist anymore. One's retired, one's in the fucking WWE, the other guy's, I don't know where the fuck he's at, technical wrestling somebody. At 110 pounds. I, but but this is what the fucking... WXW booked DJ. That's the only reason they're fucking doing this. That's the only reason... DJ's whole fucking career as, a, as an owner is pretty much summed up by if you'll book DJ, he'll book you. And that's what his fucking company will rely on succeeding via that fucking blueprint. So... WXW will fucking let DJ go fly over there and do a little fucking Disney Germany vacation and wrestle and they'll pop for him, I guess, because, again, their product is not good. So what they're fucking popping for is is what's not good in in the U.S. because this shit's not great over there either. The European style is pretty fucking boring, pretty basic, at least from what I've seen. It's never been for me. So, and honestly, it's not for the fucking East Coast fans, because they're not fucking popping for it. They were popping for the IWA, the IWS, the PWGs, the fucking, every other crossover they did, the fans were super fucking into. WXW, again, the Thumbtack Jack, they were really into. There was a couple things they popped for, but not enough to, like, they're clamoring for another one of these. Like, came completely out of the blue, where a lot of people went, oh, that's still a thing? Like a WXW, WXW versus CZW, like, and there was no lead, there was no build, there was no promos, there was no all oh, these guys are co- you know calling us out, these motherfuckers are coming over now it's going to culminate WXW versus CZW, I had no fucking build, no nothing, so of course it had like forty fucking fans. 2019, you've been in a, you've been in operation, not DJ specifically, but CZW has been in operation for twenty fucking years and right now they're doing wxw versus czw in the middle of fucking august draw 40 fucking fans that that's what you deserve you fucking earned that you busted your fucking ass to fucking bury this company and that's what you get and i I couldn't be happier you don't need eye pay-per-view now you're good dj you you don't need fucking trainers that people respect you don't need to fucking turn out students based off of the trainers that has fucking respect in the business. No, you just need yourself. You're good. Yeah, yeah, you're good. No no problem. You don't need security. You could have a match that costs your fucking that costs your fucking pocket seven hundred dollars on a on a fan's medical bills because, you know, yeah, we don't need security anymore. We'll just have the students do it. Maybe some matches they'll take off during a deathmatch tournament. Like fucking why not? 
just a fucking idiot. He's a, he's a complete fucking bumbling idiot. And anybody that ties himself to him and defends the shit that he does is just as big of an idiot. I completely understand a guy going to CZW, and this is why I said this shit, like when, when Kit and those guys were really trying to stand up for CZW. I, I get it. I mean, you're getting a top spot in a company that used to mean something. I, I get it. I get wanting it to be what it was. But it's not, and it never will be, because the guy who's running it is borderline retarded. And that's giving him credit. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is what it is. And so then, then the the end of the show apparently um, ended with Jonathan Silver beating whoever he was wrestling to retain his title. And then Joe Gacy running back in and uh, attacking him to, uh, you know, 40 fan pop. Just for him to turn on the fans, the 40 fans, and tell them all, you're the problem. You're the reason why this company is taking the turn it was. Ah, I don't think so. I, I don't think the 40 people that showed up on this day are. You know? Uh, you know, we, we all know the deal. And then CZW posted some shit because he posted the clip online. And then they, they said something like, I don't, I don't know why a guy who doesn't work here is da-da-da. But yeah, but... So we're going to play the, the guy who doesn't work here has a title shot next month. That's what we're going to play because that's super fresh and super believable. Not insulting to anyone's intelligence at all. So that that's what we're doing. My condolences to fucking Joe Gacy for having to come back and work the CZW, man. Because I, I, was, I was so happy for the guy. He was on fucking Evolve pay-per-view on the WWE Network to have to go back and wrestle in front of 40 fans for fucking DJ. That sucks. I hope he just had like a good weekend off or something and just happened to work out for him and then it lined up for him to show up one more time next month or some shit. But like, I hope that God he's not back on a regular basis because he took six months off, has made more exposure and, and more of an impact for himself as far as I'm concerned, not being there to go back to that place that's doing nothing but failing. So now the next show is the down with the sickness fucking tribute to Chris Cash for the fucking 30th time. And, and you know, they'll have a, a, a guy in a ladder match who never heard of Chris Cash. And, you know, it, it's just unbelievable bullshit that they continue to just drag out in front of these fans. And it's not many fans. It's become less and less fans. And you, your fucking shitty little green wrestlers are spitting at the fucking few fans that show up. It's great fucking business plan. So, you know, it's all bullshit. So, uh, let me see. What else do I got? All right. Um, I think that's all I got as far as that type of thing. Um, I do have other topics that Shaheen hit me up with a bunch of fucking topics. So let's run through these. Uh, Kenta joins the Bullet Club. I think that's pretty cool. I think they need a big name again. Um, I don't know shit about what goes on in Japan or half of wrestling for that matter. But um, I, I think that's pretty cool because, uh, I mean, they obviously they had um, Kenny Omega, they had AJ Styles. Uh, they had a bunch of like big name guys. And I don't, I don't really know a whole lot of what's going on there. But there's none that really jumped off the page that I keep hearing that, like, oh, the, oh, that Hangman Page, I think that was another guy, right? He's in AEW. So I, I don't know what the Bullet Club even has at this point. I think they have those uh, Gorillas of Destiny guys. 
Um, I, I don't know a whole lot more. So, I mean, if Kenta is part of that now, I, I think that's a big-name guy that they could at least try to continue rolling with this thing on, you know? It seemingly makes money for them in Japan somehow after all this time. So, um, I mean, good for them, I guess. Um, Kent is definitely one of the few names you could definitely um, sell to the U.S. fans and stuff like that, you know, without a problem. Orange Cassidy gets signed with AEW. I don't give a fuck. I do not like this Orange Cassidy bullshit. Um, Shaheen posted the video on there and said this is brilliant. And I had to remind him that, you know, the – the invention of the telephone was brilliant. Maybe that's a little bit of an overstatement. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. He did some with a contract and a juicer and a, you know, whatever. But I, I'm just, I'm not with the comedy shit like that. You know, I like a little comedy here and there and I don't mind them like breaking a show up. That's, you know, got a lot going on, but like the high end marketability of the, um, the comedy shit, like it's just as valuable as the main event that I'm not into. And that's what, it seemingly we've blurred the lines between this and that. Like comedy has been a filler in the past and I've never had a problem with the filler. What I do have a problem with is when it gets top billing, you know, because then it's like, Oh, okay. I have to take this like really seriously because this is a big part of the show. Now this isn't just the opener. This is fucking the main event is fucking Nick Gage versus Orange Cassidy and Gage is bumping all over the fucking place. I watched an absolute war between Gage and Tremont and then Gage seemingly is having a really hard time with this Orange Cassidy guy with his fucking hands in his pockets. Like it just, that shit is not for me. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Vampiro uh, sets up GoFundMe uh, and also gets booked for Ian Rotten. Coincidence? I I don't know. It seems like he's going through some major shit. Um, I'm pretty sure this guy's been on some drug shit for a while. Uh, This is, you know, par for the course. Again, with with the lack of reality in wrestling, you can't just live this fucking rock star shit and expect it all to turn out great. And end up with a retirement plan and your feet up and, you know, living a good life. Like, if you live an absolute trash, junkie life and then expect some kind of retirement plan where you're on a high end of things, I don't know when that transition happens. I don't know that that would even be a smooth transition. I don't really know the road to that. Just like saying, like, hey, this fucking guy. This guy's fucking selling heroin. He's making fucking tons of money. He's fucking... I'm not talking about Vampiro. I'm not saying he's selling heroin or anything. Or this, this guy's a coke dealer, right? He's fucking moving tons of fucking product. He's getting this and this and this. How many coke dealers do you know that legitimately buy like a half a million dollar house and then fucking stop selling coke and, and just live like a fantastic life and be like, hey, how'd you get all this? I'm selling coke. Fucking 10 years of selling coke. Fucking laid off that. I got a retirement plan now. I'm fucking doing good. Like at some point or another, you're just fucking ass up in fucking prison with fucking way more debt than you ever made in fucking drug money. You know, like it, it just, there's that fast and fun life that comes crashing down at some point. And, you know, it's a shame. I mean, the guy obviously had a lot going for him, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't in a good way. It, it, there wasn't a ton fucking going for him when it came down to like personal life and stability or anything like that. Um, yeah, um, NXT is going two hours live a week against AEW. I mean, you know, it is what it is. That's that's. 
I don't I don't know what to say. I don't really care that much about any of that shit. Like I, I'm gonna try to watch a little AEW. I had previously thought that I'm gonna watch like maybe a year of AEW and um, give it, a, it my best shot at um, at watching the product and this and that. And I I'm already kind of checked out. Um, I'm gonna watch the August show. I think it's the end of this month. It's all all in out fucking up all up upside down. I I don't remember what the fuck it's called. Um, but I'm gonna watch that one. But a lot of it is just real goofy shit at this point. You know, it's uh not that great. So, but I, you know, I'm not a heavily invested wrestling fan. I'm, as I've said, not a wrestling fan. So um, there, there's that. Uh, Billy Corrigan announces NWA TV. I don't give a fuck about it. what is NWA. I what the fuck is NWA? I I know that they got a history in this and that. What the fuck? I have not heard a single person say, "Dude, that match they had on NWA was fucking great." That has not been a sentence I've heard ever. Ever, really. Like, unless someone's talking about, like, the history of shit and Harley Race back then and with it. I have not heard a single person say fucking NWA had a fucking great man event. Or the champion of NWA is this guy. I hear them talking about the belt like it's the fucking, uh, like, Mecca and shit. Oh, 20, 10 pounds of gold, 20 pounds. I don't even know how many pounds this fucking thing is. But some people get really hyped up about it. So, I, I don't give a fuck about it. All right? So... That's good. He's putting it on TV. He's got a 20-year plan. Like, uh... His music is fucking ridiculous. His fucking... His 20-year plan is ridiculous. Gonna fucking, like... Effeminently fucking whisper songs at me for the next 20 fucking years in this company. What are you gonna do? Get the fuck out of here. It's your fucking bullshit. Uh... <laughs> Effie versus Gage. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about this. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about how great fucking Effie is and all this other shit. Like, I just don't. The gay gimmick don't work for me. It just doesn't. Like, if there's a chance the guy's going to try to, like, stick his tongue down the other guy's throat during the match, I'm not into it. I'm not fucking into it. I want to see fights. I want to see a fight sport. I don't care if they're legitimately gay, not legitimately gay. That makes no difference to me. I'm not looking to see gay entertainment. I'm just not. It's just not my deal. It's not my cup of tea to watch two guys fucking make out. I know it's 2019 and everybody's into that shit because you're fucking, you're a bigot if you're not. But guess what? I'm fucking not. So if that makes me a bigot to not watch guys make out, then I guess that's what the fuck I am. Uh, enjoy. Um, CM Punk uh, is going to have some kind of live shoot interview or some shit before All Out. That might legitimately be more entertaining than the fucking show itself. So I'm looking forward to that. Aiden Blackheart asks for news, nudes from fucking minors. Uh, like he's legitimately, he was going on like, yeah, like, yeah, I asked her for fucking nudes. And like, these rats are out of line trying to fucking tell on me online. Like, just, just like real dirtbag hillbilly shit. And, like, I guess he had some shit, uh, I guess, um, Ian's kid was, like, exposing him for that, and Ian's kid fucking, uh, is getting accused of, uh, holding Aiden's sister hostage, or fucking, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Crazy hillbilly shit going on down there. It's like the fucking Jerry Springer show. Um, 
So I don't, I don't fucking know. But uh, in in other Ian's asshole kid news, um, now this is gonna shock everybody, and I, I mean, I just want you to sit down when you hear this type of thing because, like, if you get too startled and, and you, you bump your head because you're standing, it, it's it's gonna disappoint me because I'm the bearer of bad news here. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just all right. Um, bad news, but good news. He labels this, um, Schlack has taken another date and will no longer be in the Southern sickness cup, which is very startling and, uh, shocking in, in more shocking news, Rich Swan will now be an impact on October 18th and 19th. Swan is contractually obligated to impact and nothing we can do about it. Oh my fucking God. But look, Rich Swan would have totally done a deathmatch tournament otherwise. He was he was totally down to do his first deathmatch tournament ever for a fucking like I, I've never seen Rich Swan in in an actual deathmatch. Like he worked for CZW for a bunch of years, and I've never seen him in an actual deathmatch. But for Ian Rotten's kid at a fucking company who has disaster written all over it, that's called Trainwreck. Clearly, he was going to work a deathmatch tournament, and um circumstances beyond our control, Rich Swan is just not going to make it. Which is really sad because I was looking for his debut in Deathmatch Wrestling in front of 12 fucking people with sweet sweatpants on. Because they pre-ordered their tickets and you get sweet sweatpants if you uh, order pre-order those tickets. Now, um, good news, guys. Here's the good news. Um, however, when we first booked this tournament... Alright, I'm sorry. However, when we first booked this tournament, we promised different, and somewhere along the line, we lost what we truly intended for this tournament. It was about doing wild stipulations while shining light on new talent, also throwing in some well-known names. Well, the well-known names don't want shit to do with us no more. (laughs) I put that in. Uh, We are now getting back on track and giving you two young women, yes, you read that right, the chance to shine. Round one, beauty is pain deathmatch. Gusset boards, pits of roses, light tubes, and broken glass board. Marley Knox for Sabrina, Sabrina Hex. Uh, yeah. So, um, replacing Schlack and Rich Swan, um, their spots is, um, two chicks, one of which, um, was married to um, Rodney Rush and lost custody of her child to Rodney, um, who had previously wrestled underage in uh, Queen of the Death match. Uh, she is she is one of the replacements for um, you know uh, such people as Schlack and um, Rich Swan. So um, clearly, it's not all bad news, guys. It's actually good news because they lost track of what they were trying to do is give you nobodies in a deathmatch tournament to done prove themselves. These young ladies is going to go out there and try to beat 20. Okay. Each one is going to try to beat 23 other people in the tournament, two day tournament. And and in case those sweet, (laughs) Jesus Christ. They're putting women in the tournament, so when you guys are out there in the front row with your sweet sweatpants on, you know, keep it under control. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. Uh that that's good times. Um 
Let me see what else I got. Um, I go back to my list over here. Ah, that's not the list. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing anymore. Ever, for that matter. Um, Rock and Roll Express announced an ROH for the uh, against the Briscoes. The Briscoes really re-signed a fucking deal with the Ring of Honor. They must have like some shit on them. Either they have some shit on them, or they've definitely spoken with AEW and WWE management, and they're like, "You over that gay stuff yet?" And they're like, "Yeah, no, we don't. We don't want anything to do with you telling your kid, you know, whatever." He said, "I forget exactly what the comment was. It was some shit about like." Telling the kid like don't hang around no gay kids in school or some shit. It was some some real like outlandish like I'm teaching my kid not to be gay type of deal. I don't remember what the exact uh, you know statement was, but it was something uh, a little little over the line. You know this this is what I mean though. You know what I mean if it comes down to you know someone saying the word you know fag or whatever. That is completely not in the context to try to hurt somebody and then teaching your children to not like respect, respect gay people or something like that. Those are two different things. So I could see someone taking a stance against someone who's raising their child to be bigoted. But I, I can't see someone that's against something because I heard a word. So now and then now that now I got a huge problem with this person overall or whatever the case is, you know, like. There's a difference. These are the things that need to be able to be separated. You need to be able to look at one thing and the other and go, oh, okay, now I get it. Um, I wanted to talk about the, the Triple H thing real quick because uh, I, I had heard opinions on uh, both the uh, Wrestling Overdose and Wrestling Soup, and I definitely side along the lines of the Wrestling Soup uh, opinion on this. Mike Johnson had called up to, I guess, Triple H or whatever kind of interview shit they do. And um, was trying to call him on some shit where they said it wasn't about blood and guts. Vince made a statement saying, we're not about blood and guts and this and that. Uh, You know, anti-Cody, AEW, bloodbath stuff. You know, where Cody was just like drenched in fucking blood. Well, no, no, it was uh, Dustin who was drenched in blood. And then Cody had the back of his head bust open, you know, accidentally or whatever. Janela and Moxley had the, you know, barbed wire match, all of that shit. Uh, so then they said, yeah, we're not about blood and guts and this and that. So I guess at uh, NXT, they had like barbed wire on the top of the cage. So it was like, you know, like fucking, I mean, they, they've done things where like there was razor wire around the top of the set. You know, it wasn't really used. It wasn't really any... And then, like, at some point in the match, he scraped his back on the table, so he had, like, a little bit of, like, a scratch on him and shit, bled a little bit, but, like, nothing intentional. Like, there's a difference between intentional blood. There was obviously intentional blood in the Dustin Cody match. Like, he bladed his fucking, like, a vein on his goddamn head and just bled fucking buckets. That was was a conscious decision, an intentional decision. Now, I've heard um, Shaheen's stance on, oh, well, um... Seth Rollins had like a blood capsule in his mouth. And again, if, if, um, if the, the Mike Johnson dude used that as his, his stance and said, Hey, well, why do you use a blood capsule during a thing? Well, then he'd have a leg to stand on, but that's not the road he was taking at all. So to use that as part of the argument that Mike Johnson had, you can't really do that. Cause he didn't even have the fucking 
wherewithal to use that as part of his argument. He's just like, no, nah, but you got barbed wire, and you know what the fuck, and like, uh, so I thought you weren't about blood and guts, and he's like, no, we're we're not. We're, and the guy's like, yeah, but uh, well, how do you defend uh, the barbed wire? And he's like, guy, like we we weren't fucking using barbed wire. Oh, okay, yeah, well, he had a little scratch on his back, and he's like, you fucking serious? Like, you seriously just going to fucking call me? And, and I'm glad, because, like, this is, you know, some of that millennial shit, some of that fucking, I know Mike Johnson's not, like, young millennial dude, but, like, some of this, like, wrestling nerd shit is trying to call, like, bullshit. And it's like, oh, well, you know, he scraped his elbow, like, well, that was blood and guts, like, <laughs> Jesus. That's a little much. And, and for wrestlers or, or promoters, when, when someone's legitimately reaching like that, to just be like, hey, fuck, cut the shit, dude. You're being ridiculous. You're being absolutely ridiculous. We didn't do like a TLC match where a guy got fucking hard weight on a ladder and fucking pissed blood out of his head. And even that wouldn't be intentional, but at least you're putting people at risk to that level. This is some like scrape on the back shit and like barbed wire that wasn't used and all that and like you're you're legitimately using your time interviewing one of the biggest fucking names in all of professional wrestling to try to call him on his shit because that's 100% what Mike Johns was trying to do is he was trying to call him out like he was trying to be like oh yeah well you guys said like dude well have your shit in order I mean you know I can call DJ on a bunch of shit because I've been watching I've been following and when he says this and then he goes the opposite direction I go what the fuck about when you said this that that's not the way you went Uh, you know and I I could be pretty fucking uh, firm in that not not this bullshit that he was trying to do so but Mike Johnson's a dork and I I can't uh I can't, I, I can't, I can't roll with these fucking wrestling journalists. The same kind of way that I said to the Bob McGee dude, he's a fucking geek. And, and he would like, he would fucking completely mistype, like he, he would type a finish that didn't go down the way that the finish went. I'd be like, he'd be like, oh, you know, I ended in a German suplex. And like, that wasn't a German. That was a fucking, uh, Northern Lights bomb or some shit. And he'd be like, nah, you know, whatever. So he's not paying attention to details, but then when you're like, oh, this this company's fucking failing, and he's like, oh, I wouldn't say that. It's like, dude, you're not even paying attention to the fucking matches. Like, you're reporting the wrong fucking finish, and then when someone says the company isn't isn't performing well, you're just like, oh, that's bullshit. You're just a hater, and it's like, but, I mean, I guess if you don't watch the fucking show, then it's easy to just be cool with everything, but if you're holding it to its own standard and then it doesn't perform, then, yeah, it's probably pretty easy to judge it and say that, yeah, I don't think this show was as good as I've seen. This cage of death wasn't as good as that cage of death, or this ladder match wasn't as good as that ladder match. But if you just go, everything's the same, whatever, body slam finish, it wasn't a body slam, it was a fucking, you know, like, it was a pile driver. What are you talking about, you know? It's just a lot of these guys, they, they, they've carved out their little niche and, and their whole stance and view on things is ridiculous. And I, again, I, the further I get away from being an actual wrestling fan, the more comfortable I am because it's difficult to even speak within the lingo and the just just the realm of, of what they're all about. Um, MLW teams up with Noah and Crash Lucha. I guess that's a good thing. I mean, MLW is trying to turn a TV product and shit out there. So I don't know how anybody's going to compete with all this random shit that's showing up and putting itself on TV and 
you know, I guess it's it's all right. I, I don't know. Austin Theory gets signed. Uh, I don't know who that is. Um, I think that's pretty much it. What else did I want to talk about real quick? Um, Football-wise, uh, Eric wanted me to talk about a few things. So we'll touch on those real quick. Um, I like the way my Niners looked in the fucking uh, the opener last week. We play again tomorrow night against Denver. I think Jimmy's going to get a couple reps in the beginning of the game. Um, we kept all our starters on the fucking bench for the most part on the first game. But our system looked really good. Our offense was moving the fucking ball consistently. Our rookies looked fucking awesome. I'm really liking our rookie rookie receivers. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, you know, you got to understand, when you add all of our stars back on the field, that same system is working the way it is. I think our team's going to be pretty fucking dangerous. Um, so I, I'm feeling good so far. Again, it's just preseason, but you want to see some kind of system working on the field, and it, it's fucking working, and that's without a lot of star power. Our team has insane star power now it really does um it's a a very very slept on team still but boy man we got a lot fucking loaded up and uh richard sherman's even saying he's he's faster now than he was when he came into the league so he had some injury stuff coming onto the team and i think all those things are resolved now and we're talking about like richard sherman's who's, who's looking to fucking prove something and with the pass rush that we have loaded up and ready Boza, I got to tell you, on our defense, Boza is my biggest worry. He was like the biggest acquisition and the biggest uh, threat and this and that. He's playing like a very big injury card, and I don't know if this is just his, his bullshit line because he seems like he's not like a big practice guy. He's You know, he he knew that his draft stock was big, so he just took the rest of fucking college off. Like, he didn't need to, but he was like, ah, fuck, fuck college. I'm all set. I'm just going to prepare for the draft. And was still like the the projected number one pick in the draft. So I think he knows what he's doing. I think like he he practices as much as he feels he wants to, and then he's like, all right, yeah, yeah, ankles kind of bothering me. Yeah, I got to you know. So I don't know. We're gonna see performance wise when it comes to the season. If this guy only plays half of the season, I, I kind of know what his future is looking like. Um, but maybe he has an up and down rookie year. Comes back second second season, ready to fucking play. I'm hoping he comes out of this fucking starting uh, this opening season, like a fucking bullet, but I guess we'll find out. Um, but a lot of the guys, D Ford is going to be an absolute beast. I mean, seriously. I mean, that, that dude's going to be a, a major force. If you can't double team DeForest Buckner, you're going to have big fucking problems with our, our defensive line because he's a big, big guy. And if you have to double somebody else than him, you, you're going to have a lot to contend with. And we have a lot more weapons out there. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, so he, he wanted to know football-wise. Oh, and the Eagles are fucked. Because the Eagles lost their fucking uh, their second string uh, to, like, a broken wrist on week one in preseason. And week two, they they lost their fucking third string to a concussion. So I don't know if, like, their fucking punter or some shit's going to start. In, in week three of the preseason or what, but and the, the thing is too, is like these guys are getting hurt because the fucking, the line is just caving. 
And for the most part, I don't think the offensive line is resting for the preseason. You generally don't have like an entire backup offensive line. So, you know, there might be some, some second stringers in there and this and that, but like you got, you got a lot of fucking guys that are just letting guys through. So your first quarterback trying to brace himself for the fall breaks his fucking wrist. And the second quarterback takes a hit big enough for a concussion. Your fragile fucking crystal fucking quarterback of fucking Carson Wentz is not making it through this full season. I'm willing to fucking bet that shit. He's going to get fucking cracked this season. And it's fucking exciting because I hate the fucking Eagles. And he's a hunter, so he can go fuck himself. So, um, that's that. Then there's the Cowboys, who's got that fucking, um, that little fruit fucking Ewok, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, is holding out. He's got two years left on his fucking contract, and he's sitting out until he gets fucking extension, like a big fucking extension. So, fuck him. I hope they cut him. Uh, it's fucking ridiculous. This guy is is going to sit on his fucking ass with two years left on his fucking contract. This is the type of shit that's ruining the fucking NFL. It's not, it's not hits. It's not this. It's not that. You know, a guy who's willing to sit with two years left on his fucking contract is garbage. Fucking Antonio Brown's another absolute clown. He's playing all sorts of fucking games. He fucking froze his feet off and fucking, uh, cryotherapy and then he he was thinking about not playing because of the type of helmets and all this shit he's a fucking idiot too so the raiders are gonna suck too which is awesome um you know it's just they're already saying like oh he's either gonna be all in or all out and then dak prescott wants like fucking crazy money to be the the starter and uh in dallas too they just you know he doesn't deserve that shit like it's I could not be more excited about fucking football season. That that I can tell you. My Sundays get a million times better as soon as football season shows up. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, Eric also wants to know, is there uh, too many streaming services? And now, nah, I just that that's the wave of the future for everything. So if wrestling gets on the same page with that, and you get streaming services and maybe iPay-per-views with it and all of that, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, that's the wave of the future with the TV shit, too. You know, because you got the, the Hulu and the... Uh, I think Amazon Prime's got some shit. And you got the fucking um, Netflix, obviously. Disney Plus is coming. I think that's what it's called. Um, so, I mean, that's the wave of the future. Everything's on demand. Everything is, you know, at your fingertips when you have plans. You know, you can you can just binge watch shit if you want. You can catch up on things whenever you want. That's... That's really the way that uh, people are consuming things now. You know, it's no more. It used to be, I have to be home by 8 o'clock. My fucking show's on. Like, now it's just fucking, you're watching shit whenever you want to and stuff. So, I mean, it's only right that wrestling goes in that direction. You know, it's fucking asshole companies like CZW who are bailing on iPay-Per-View and stuff. When, you know, on-demand works, but live definitely sells. Live sells me. Because um, I was going to live review the um, GCW show in California. And then I forgot that fucking Cali time. That shit started at like fucking 10 o'clock at night or something. I was like, oh, no, dude, I have a job. I'm I'm not doing that. And that was the only reason I was going to do it is because I had a reason to watch it if it was live. You know, because live, live sells me. As soon as it happens, I'm done. I just, I don't know. Something about the live is, is a draw to me. 
because I'm seeing it as it's happening. There's somewhat of an excitement to that, you know. So I, I don't know. That's um. So yeah, that, that's pretty much all I got. I think. Um, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have any other topics. Uh, check out Jeremy over there, and I got you five stars doing his fucking thing. Uh, he came back from the uh, Scenic City Invitational, doing the, doing the thing down there. Big trip to Tennessee. Uh, lots to talk about. Um, check out Shaheen at uh, Wrestling Overdose, of course. I was supposed to do the show with him and Joe Numbers this past week. I was looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, Joe was running late on doing work stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's just sometimes schedules collide. You know, that's the way things go in, uh, in this world. And, uh, you know, Joe, Joe was working late. I work early. So when it came to me doing a show... Um, the, the whole show, as far as I'm concerned, means a lot to me, um, because I haven't done a show with Joe in years and, um, I always enjoy doing shows with Shaheen. So I feel like the, the three of us coming together is going to put down a, a very entertaining show. And I don't want to have the, in the back of my mind, like, shit, I got to get up early in the morning shit, we can only do an hour this and that. I want to put down fucking two, three hours of a show with these guys and, and just have a good time doing it. Yeah, Shaheen could chop that out any way he wants, put part of it on the Patreon, whatever he wants to do. And that way we can just do everything we can do, you know, go out there, review a show, rip some shit apart, talk some random shit, you know, whatever. Just just relax, have a good fucking time, talk about things. And um, we will do that. Um, he did a show with, with Joe Numbers uh, this past week. And um, yeah, so uh, we'll do it in a couple weeks or so. Maybe we'll we'll go over the AEW show or some shit like this. Um, so yeah, um, check out uh, Nuclear Heat Graphics. He's over there animating all sorts of different things. Uh, you could do any kind of illustrations you want, commissions, all of that. Uh, keep an eye out for all the different GCW shows they have coming up and things like that. He's always illustrating posters for the big shows that are happening, and uh, I think he's got something for the Japan stuff. Um, so yeah, check it all out. He's doing his fucking thing over there as always. Uh, also check out wrestling soup. Uh, I think they do it on Thursdays. I don't know. I, everything's on demand. So check them motherfuckers out. Uh, they got their, uh, their network and, uh, Patreons and all of that stuff. You can check them out. Joe numbers, Anthony missionary, Thomas, uh, longtime friends of these guys. Uh, look forward to, you know, working with all these guys in the future, you know, um, doing a show with Joe and, and Shaheen and, you know, whatever else we can get together in the future. Um, you know, l- let's see what we can do for sure. Um, I think that's all I got. I feel like I missed something, but I don't fucking know if I did good. Cause I'll have something for next week. Um, uh, I, now, now guys, you, you could resume your bullshit because I felt like every fucking time I turned around, someone was sending me some more shit tonight. Some more bullshit, some more asshole behavior. And uh, I, I just, you know, I ran out of fucking the ability to remember things. And that's why I probably re- forgot some of the shit that I read or somebody sent me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just hit me up with more topics for next week. And we'll fucking cover it all. We'll do whatever we can uh, over here. Uh, but I, I think that's about all I got. I'm going to go take care of my fucking animals. I got to work tomorrow. Back to the business. You know what I mean? I'm done with my race season. That was my last two races of the season. 
which makes me very sad, but um, now it's time to fucking innovate, get different on my fucking training, turn shit up, and just try to be a way fucking more dangerous motherfucker when it comes to next race season. Show up to that motherfucker like not the same dude that they saw last year. I just I just want to keep fucking pushing myself and getting myself to another level. You know what I mean? That, that's why I always I always feel like when um you know I hold people to a certain standard, understand that I hold myself to just as just as high of a standard. Um, very judgmental on my own abilities and and what I put out there. So you know, just keep it pushing. Do your thing. Um, yeah. So I think that's all I got. Missed anything? Let me know. Talk to you, motherfuckers. Thanks a week. Peace. Oh, shit. I didn't have my motherfucking... There we go. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Black cheese tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Jews are just radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, sir, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.